When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gibber. Now, uh, Brendan Sanderson, he's actually on the line right now. He, I'm always fascinated with his approach to strategy and, and uh, when he speaks about what makes AFL players tick on the must-listen segment with Jared Waitley every Thursday called Strategy. Good morning, Sando. Have we got you? Yes. Good morning, boys. How are you? Good morning, Sando. Um, just want to get your thoughts, a couple of words on uh, the games already gone. So obviously a couple of two cracking finals to start this final series. Obviously Collingwood winning by seven points and Melbourne, uh, sorry, Carlton by six. Uh, what was your summation of uh, the Thursday night game, Collingwood and Melbourne? Oh, it was a ripper. It was so good. I mean, obviously Collingwood got away to that fast start. But um, I mean, if you just purely looked at the numbers, the stats, would point to a Melbourne victory. You know, they played so well in that second half. And I don't know, I just I just thought they bombed the ball a bit too much inside forward 50. I know it was wet here and, you know, the, the, the rain came in sort of an hour before the game and made the game quite slippery. But just lacked a little bit of poise, I think, going inside forward 50, the Demons, and just couldn't quite lower their eyes when it really mattered. Uh, but to have 69 inside 50s to only Collingwood's 37 um, and not win the game, um, it's just an opportunity missed for them. They were so good around the ball too there. Their contest numbers were excellent, but I just thought Collingwood's probably speed and the way that they used the ball a little bit more effectively inside forward 50 was probably the difference in the game. So what do Melbourne do with that forward line? Obviously, that connection just wasn't there and and they're going to come up against the Blues this week. Do they they need to throw something different, throw a Brodie Grundy in there to to just be a beacon for him to kick to? We know that's not his preferred position, but their, their forward mix just isn't really working at the moment, is it? No, they've, they've had some issues with that in the first sort of two-thirds of the season, but they sort of got it right the last, probably the last two months of the season. They, they just used the ball a little, better in, a little bit better inside forward 50. But, yeah, I just thought, I thought on Thursday night, they just lacked a little bit of that sort of awareness about when to sort of, um, when to sort of honour the lead-up and when just to sort of bash it forward. So um, it looks like they'll miss uh, Van, Van Royen. Um, and, yeah, so who do, they, who do they bring back in? I thought I thought McDonough was OK, but it just like, looked like he... Like he was a little bit sort of slow to sort of get uh, you know the ball from sort of hand to foot, and he'll be better for the run. But um, yeah, it's interesting what they do with Brody Grundy. It's, um, he's he's not a natural forward, we know that, but he can be a target inside forward fifty, and uh, we know how damaging he can be in the rucks. So whether they sort of play Max Gorn and Brody Grundy sort of fifty fifty percent in the ruck and and sort of slide them both forward at different times, I'm not sure, but. But yeah, they sort of feel like they were the better team on Thursday night, but but just sort of lacked that awareness and that that efficiency inside forward fifty. Yeah, you did mention with Waitley that uh, the inside fifties were going to be a factor in that who got the quality inside fifties, and it's obviously Collingwood. They had half the amount, but theirs were of a much higher quality and more more efficiency in there. Um, just a word, Sando, on Gibbers Blues. They prevailed and. Uh, Bryce is still quite excited this morning. Um, the, the footage of the fans, though, that, that was actually quite good last night. It's just so emotional. that No one quite liked Carlton fans. Um, how did you see that game? Oh, it was a fantastic game. And, and obviously, I guess a little bit like Thursday night, 
Um, Carlton started better. They sort of sort of settled into the final um, a little bit better. I thought they, there was a lot of mistakes early, and obviously players showed a lot of anxiety in front of goal, and there were some opportunities missed for for both teams. But yeah, the Blues, I just love their midfield. They're they're, they're so strong around the contest, and their clearance work is excellent. Um, you know, I thought Walsh was super. Acres, Hewitt, Chera, they've got so much talent in that midfield and when you can get the ball to Kerno um, in sort of low number out numbers it just makes a massive difference. I thought their smalls were pretty good too. I thought Cottrell was important with his two goals and a little bit like Thursday night too I thought the speed of, of, of Saad and Martin and those sort of players uh, was certainly influential in the final result but to Sydney's credit um, they came they came back in the second half. Their second half was, was, was excellent and you know, Carlton's defence really had to stand up in that in, in, in that second half. But it just shows, I just thought, maybe the Swans, you know, just played a little bit too cautious, a little bit too safe in that first half. And as soon as they played with a bit more creativity and a bit more dare, um, they sort of looked a better side in the second half. But to Carlton's credit, fantastic win. And you're right, their fans just looked, looked like they were so relieved to get a finals win. <laughs> uh, but there were some nervous moments, certainly in that third quarter and last quarter, when, when the, Swans were, the Swans were really pushing. So they'll play Melbourne next week in what will be another big game, another big crowd expected there, no doubt. Uh, Sando, just a word on the Brisbane-Port Adelaide game. Are you looking forward to this midfield battle as much as I am? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, Brisbane is such a good side of the Gabba. I think they're undefeated there this year. They're on like 11-game winning streak. Um, it's, just a, it's just a really hard away game for whatever reason. I know... I know sometimes it sort of looks like it's, it's dry and it's clear up there, but um, when that sort of dew sets in uh, up, at, up, up at the Gabba on a night game, it just it makes it, the game really slippery. And I think Brisbane sort of train in those conditions and they handle it really well. Um, I think Porter a chance. I, I mean, I, you have to admire what they've done this year. Um, I don't know they they had that that sort of 13, 14 game win streak where they play they were, they were playing as good a footy as anyone. It's it's just their defence. They, they just give up two bigger scores for mine. And um, as much as I love their midfield with Horn Francis and Butters and Rosie, Ollie Wines, um, I mean, that's where the game's going to be won tonight because we know how, how good Brisbane are around contest and clearance. They're the number one clearance side in the competition and they kick big scores there. They've got those big power forwards in Hipwood and Danaher who have kicked 90 goals between them uh, this year. And then you've got to worry about the smalls. Charlie Cameron, uh, McCarthy, Bailey, Rayner. So they... They are, they are a really dangerous side, the Brisbane Lions. And, you know, Port are going to have to be at their best to create an upset up there. But it's certainly not, it's certainly not um, out of, the, out of, the, out of, out of the, the opportunities for them because, um, I don't know, Kenny Hinkley's done a fantastic mm. job this year with that team. And, and who knows, they might just create an upset. Hey, uh, Sando, I, I've been a fan of yours watching from afar for a while, and I remember this uh, AFL documentary that came out called The Chosen Few, and you featured yep. quite heavily in it, where they had a l- little bit of footage of you uh, revving up the players, the Crows, before a game. Um, just listen to this audio. I, I found it fascinating. You've got the look in the eye tonight. I'm telling you, it's there. I'm looking at you, and I'm feeling it. Now, you've got the look in the eye tonight. I was coaching under-15s girls' side, and I'd actually run out of things to say. So I just walked in and flogged that one, mate, and said, you, you girls have got the look in the eye today. I can feel it. I can sense it. Um, didn't quite work as well for me. I, I think the look in their eye was maybe the, uh, wanting to monitor their TikTok. 
Um, but ju- just a question about that motivational side of coaching. Is it a bit of a chicken and the egg thing? Like sometimes you say you got the look in the eye because you're trying to motivate them, or did they yep. actually have the look in the eye? <laughs> nah, a bit of both. And it's, it's a bit of an old trick, I guess, from coaches because sometimes if you sense there is a bit of anxiety and a bit of stress, that if you sort of tell players what, what you were hoping they would feel, they sometimes believe it as well. But, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, um, Bryce would know as well. Sometimes you walk into a dressing room before a game and you just know you're going to win before you even take the field. Yeah, there's just a great energy amongst the group and you can just sort of look around and feel like there's great belief in the group. So, um, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Though. I mean, so, so, sometimes the, particularly the young players, they look to the coach for for a sense of calm and a sense of belief. Um, and, yeah, I think the body language sometimes of a coach... Uh, is really important, you know. If you can, if you can walk into the change rooms and 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 through your body language show that uh, the players um, or that, that that actually you believe, then quite often that can rub off to the players as well. Yeah, I'm endlessly fascinated with that uh, that motivational space and uh, the mindsets of players. Hey, Sando, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the footy. Uh, thanks, boys. Really, really appreciate it. All the best. That's uh, Brendan, Brendan Sanderson, uh, former Adelaide Crows coach. Uh, some people may forget, but he had them absolutely rolling 2012 uh, when they made the prelim final and lost narrowly to the Hawks. It's 10.15, Gibber. we got to get to a break, and it's a top of 16 degrees in Adelaide today, although right now it's about 10 degrees.